Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Welcome to another week of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Jade Fire. And I'm Big Mama. And together we are working our way through the Bible, sharpening our understanding of God and our relationship with Him and growing all the time. And we, uh, this is our first recording since our Christmas break. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! So, time to get back in the saddle. We might be a little rusty. Yeah, if you hear any creaking, that's the rust on our joints. Definitely <laughs> not my office. <laughs> well, I mean, when you were moving your foot, it started making creaky sounds. So <laughs> that's just age. Of me or the office chair? <laughs> yeah, I meant you. Saying <laughs> <laughs> so you're so old, you're creaky. Well, that means you're creakier. No, I'm a young pup. I'm only two. You're four years older than her. And yet somehow I'm only two. So it's a weird paradox anyway let's see i think ruby is the furthest behind at the moment uh somewhere in chapter 23 of matthew yes verses 13 to 36 all right lay it on us what is it what's your heading jesus pronounces seven woes oh yeah what did i learn about god slash jesus that he doesn't like the pharisees he gives a long speech for them he gives a long speech for them? Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with not liking I knew at the time. <laughs> I mean, you're right. He had a problem with the Pharisees. Not all the Pharisees. Nicodemus was fine. Sure. I like Nicodemus. He doesn't. He speaks to people groups, but that doesn't necessarily mean that even though you're in that group, he's speaking to you, if that makes sense. Sure. It does. But what the fair, many of the Pharisees were teaching, and they were against him, and those that actually were for Christ didn't necessarily end up being on the good side of the rest of the Pharisees. So, so the Pharisees, as a whole, were kind of in trouble. There may be been individuals in there that were seeing the light and turning, but Nicodemus had to meet with Jesus in secret because yep. makes me think of when I'm like. Everyone needs to be putting the milk back when they're done. And then there's like seven people who are like, well, I don't do that. Well, then I'm not talking to you. If you don't do it, you're fine. All right. Uh, Does anybody else have sections in chapter 23 that they need to go over? Anyway, so if nobody else has anything in 23, that means, Ruby, you can do your second section you have here. Okay. Jesus prophesies the destruction of the temple. What did I learn about God says Jesus? He knows everything, and, like, he talks about the end of time, which we know so, like, little about if we really know anything. Yeah, I'll be sad about the end of time. I like time. I want more. (laughs) But then you'll be outside of time. True. All right. Chapter 24. The destruction of the temple and signs of the end times. 
my section goes from verses 1 through 35. All right, Rosella, what do you have for your note for there? Or are you even there? Where do you start? You probably don't even start here, do you? I'm pretty sure. Start like... Because you're ahead of me. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Rosella, shut up. We don't want to hear from you anyway. How rude. Just kidding. All right, uh, we will go the other direction. Big Mama. I'm pretty sure I shared mine with... Rosella. Oh. Yeah, she's basically That's Rosella. right. You'll suck. All right, I will share mine then. <clears throat> <clears throat> Giving Jade Fire time to look up the notes. Um, so mine covers one through thirty-five. So after I do this, then it's going to be you guys bouncing around for a bit. All right. So my note comes from twenty-four, twenty-six through twenty-seven. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So don't listen to rumors, is my note. For Jesus' coming will be like a flash of lightning, as it says. So that means it will be plain to see that he has returned. We don't have to be listening to these random rumors and made-up things of, oh, he's coming, he's coming, he's here, he's here. A lot of people are saying, oh, I can tell exactly when it will be because there's hidden information in the Bible and you add up these numbers and it comes to this date and this is going to be the beginning of the end or whatever. It's like, no, that's not accurate. <laughs> Don't listen to that crap. <laughs> Just watch because he will show up and it will be known. <laughs> it will be very obvious, which is really comforting. <laughs> like, I do like to try to find things and figure things out, but it's nice to know that I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> So what do you think verse 28 means, wherever the carcass is, there the vulture gather? I mean, it's a true fact, but well, how does that... I mean, I thought it was... Mostly it's just the fact that, like, when there's something there, they all gather, and it's, like, it's a sign. Like, it's a very obvious that something is there and is dead or whatever. Um, so if you see a bunch of vultures gathering, you know that there's probably a carcass there. Like, it becomes very obvious because things are gathering. But it also, I guess, I would guess, since it's the end... The world is dying. It is ending. Although now that I think about that more, maybe not. So I don't know. It just seems like an odd verse to me. I don't get what it has. That verse is also in Luke. What? That verse is also in Luke. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know for sure. It, it just seems like a very obvious, like, sign of things. Like, you know that something's there because you can tell because the vultures are there. So, like, Jesus' followers will gather. So that'll be apparent. Not that he's a carcass, but... Yeah. I mean, that's kind of weird imagery if that's what he's talking about sure <laughs> you know yeah yeah i'm not sure because both dead things and vultures are both very unclean so it's a weird uh analogy to exemplify anything to do with jesus or his followers but i don't know what else like there's no there's nothing else going on here there's he's talking about the elect and himself coming back and i don't know uh <clears throat> i wonder if it has to do with the false messiahs and prophets because oh, that be. that's right before he says that it will be obvious when I show up. I've told you ahead of time, and then he ends like so I could bookend it basically and be like, mm. so wherever they are, the you know. I could see that. That would make a lot. More I don't. Sense. This is just a guess again. I don't really know, but I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. Because you know that that's that's just death that they're all gathering around these false messiahs and stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Than... Sure. Uh, yep, I would agree. I wouldn't generally. I would. I would never compare Jesus to a carcass. If he wants to do it, that's fine. But I won't do it. <laughs> All right, Ruby. What's your next section in chapter twenty-four? Persecution of believers. Um, nine to fourteen. What does God want my life to look like? To say true to Him, no matter what. No, oh, even while being persecuted, basically. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. 
yeah, stand your ground, stay with him, even if people are being mean to you or killing you or stealing your stuff or whatever. Alright, so then we will move on to verse 15, which is another section, I believe. And I think that's where Rosella can finally join in. So, Rosella, what do you got? The abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation? Yeah. It's kind of a fun title. The abomination of desolation. Alright, Rosella, what do you got? (laughs) What I have written down is, you should have Jesus save you and read the Bible. Uh, what What is your verse... Where does your section end? What verse? It ends in 28. Well, I don't really see that in that section. I uh, mean... Is it down on 23 to 20? 23 to 23? Yeah. People will be telling you false information. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, yeah, you want to be reading your Bible so that you aren't getting... So that you, so you know what can Jesus tell. said, because yeah. Jesus told us in advance what's going on. Sure. But yes, I mean, yeah, that is the best way to be able to tell when there's lies being told you. And you don't want to try to be saved by a false messiah. That's true. All right. Ruby, what do you got for the abomination of desolation? Which I'm sure is not what it's called in yours. The detestable idol that brings misery. Mm-hmm. And what do you have? The great tribulation. Ah. What's your note, Ruby? What does God want my life to look like? To not get carried away with false prophet. That's a good idea. And how do you do that, Rosella? That's right. (laughs) That's one piece, anyway. Um, You can read it and not understand it, and then you're still going to be in trouble. Big Mama? Mine was the same as yours, that his coming will not be something we can miss. Oh! You just, you had all that extra time to think about it, and you just copied me. Real nice. I'm also glad that we're not in these days, because woe to the women who are pregnant and everything. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And you don't, and you, what, we're supposed to pray that it's not winter or whatever when it happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That'd be cold. It would be. Why are you confused? Well, you said, well, you said that, um, that, um, you're glad that we're not in these days. And then, um, somebody said that, woe to the woman who is pregnant and nursing. During those days, yeah. It says in verse 19, it's talking about the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place and all this awful stuff happening. And it says, woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for at that time there will be great distress. So when bad things are happening and you need to be moving and fleeing, it's a real challenge to do that while you're pregnant, as you've seen. (laughs) I don't flee very quickly. (laughs) Well, you don't really have to flee, but you know. You were already panting when you came downstairs. That's because I was trying to stir noodles and read out loud at the same time. <laughs> While standing. <laughs> While standing. <laughs> um, <coughs> well, she's very pregnant. It's a lot of work. Exactly. That, that, that was and my I point. I just eaten, so all of my lung space is now taken up by a cup of soup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And winter, you don't want to be fleeing to places during the winter, particularly, you know. Especially with a baby. Especially with a baby, yeah. But why are we going to flee? Well, I think this was fulfilled once. I think it's like um, most prophets, a double prophet. Or triple. <laughs> but, um, and he had just spoken earlier in this chapter about the temple being torn down. But there was a, an event that happened. But like, there was an event that happened about AD 70, I want to say. Um, AD 70 is the future. AD <laughs> 70. Like, there's no point to flee. Because, like, inevitable, he'll just... 
come. We're not fleeing Christ. We're fleeing the destruction that he brings when he comes down. Right? Uh, the abomination that causes desolation, I believe, is um, a being, isn't it? Yeah. So when somebody stands in the holy place, probably claiming to be Christ, but is actually an antichrist, and he will cause desolation, and he will cause lots of harm, and probably kinds of rules and things like that, that people will have to flee from his um, reach, basically. Really? Like, that already kind of comes true with the corrupted government. Mm-hmm. Wait, do we have a corrupt? I would suggest almost every human government has corruption in it. We're in North Korea, and possibly that other place. You know, the other place. Ohio? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's not live in Ohio. Corruption. <laughs> Rampant just... government corruption. Did she just ask what government was as evil as North Korea? <laughs> no, Haiti's the place. Oh. Or are they just poor over there? Ohio and Haiti are basically the same thing. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, no, Haiti is extra. It's it's barely holding together. I don't even know if you could call what they have a government anymore. Right. I don't know. Where are we at? I'm looking up the abomination that causes desolation happening in 70 A.D. during the Roman conquest. Pom Pompey? It's not Pompey. Pom- it's not quite oh. Pompey. It's P O M P E Y. Oh. Entered the Holy of Holies, but left the temple intact. And before A.D., Crassus plundered the temple treasury. Of major importance was the rebuilding of the second temple, begun by Herod the Great. Yeah, so, like, there were different things that happened in the temple, and the temple's destruction was in 78, um, during the rebellion against Rome. So, anywho, yeah, the Holy of Holies was destroyed. Um, and I think, like, I can't find it directly on here right now, but... I, I feel like there was something about, like, the Roman emperor going into the Holy of Holies and bringing in child sacrifice or something like that. Like, something really abominable being brought into the Holy of Holies around that time. And so it has been once fulfilled, which yep. prophecies have to be fulfilled, like, right away for them to be confirmed. And yep. then you can know that they're coming again in the future. Yep. Um... So yes, this is once fulfilled, and that was a really awful time, because Rome was being torn apart, and so people were fleeing. So anyways, there was great distress in Rome, for sure. Um, That would not have been pleasant in winter or for pregnant nursing. And it will be coming in In Rome. Everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Dang it. I was like, I'm not living in Rome. (laughs) I'm safe. All right, so that was the Abomination Desolation, which goes through 28. So, verse 29 is the beginning of a new section, I guess. Big Mama? Ever. <laughs> um, probably the thing that I find most fascinating about this is, again, that double, like, prophecy fulfillment. Is it says, immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. <clears throat> and um, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, the sun was darkened. From noon to three, is that? I don't remember the time. It was three hours, I believe. I believe it was noon to three. And then um, looking at the skies astrologically, the moon rose in a full eclipse over Jerusalem that night. So mm. the moon was darkened. I mean, they had a significant earthquake with yep. um, aftershock continued on after sky. So there was a lot going on. Well, and there could have been even just like shooting stars or something. Yeah, so... That's pretty cool that that's also been fulfilled. Yes, I agree. I do find the 
repetition of fulfillments of prophecies to be very interesting. Um, Rosella, what do you have for this section? What is this section for you? The coming of the Son of Man. I wrote down, it's sort of like the song, it's the year of Jubilee. Yeah. And God gives us grace, the free gift of eternal life, and mercy because we should perish. God can easily destroy the earth. Yep, he can easily destroy it. I had to sort of go on. Oh man, so many notes. Oh, very good. Ruby. Um, <clears throat> The appearing of the Son of Man. 29 to 31. What does God want my life to look like? Not to put my trust in earthly things because it will all pass away. Yep. All right. And is your guys' this next section, what is your next section? The like parable of the, of the, the fig tree. tree. Awesome. Uh, what verses do they cover? 32, 32 to 35. 35. Okay. Lesson sync. All right. Rosella. I wrote down, when we accept Jesus, we will know that God is waiting for us. Okay. All right, Ruby, what do you got? Um, a parable of the fig tree, 32 to 35. What did I learn about God such Jesus? That he is all-powerful and will never lose that power. Verse 35 is where I got it from. It says, The earth and sky will wear out and fade away before one word I speak loses its power or fails to accomplish its purpose. That's an interesting way of phrasing that. <laughs> All right, Big Mama. Um, I don't really have an answer to my ponderings on these kind of verses. Um, but oh there's... no, you're getting complicated. Nope, just simple stuff, please. Simple stuff. No. There's another verse where it's like you know that when you see a red sky in the morning, that good, that bad weather is coming, but you don't know how to read the signs of this. Oh yeah. Spiritual life, you know. Yep. This is along those same lines, and it's like, yeah, we do know a lot of those things because we've seen them happen over and over again. So, like, we're pretty accustomed to that, you know? Like, red sky in morning, sailor warning, red sky at night, sailor's delight. Oh, the buds on the trees are coming out. It's probably going to be summer soon, you know? We can tell all of those things because we've seen all of those things <laughs> over and over. I've not seen the coming of the Son of Man over and over. So how am I supposed to know? Oh, what these signs are. Especially when they're, like, happening ever since 70 AD. <laughs> like, so when you say soon, <laughs> you don't mean today. Nope. Oh. So, it's interesting to me that, like, I feel like I should understand it more than I do, but at the same time, no one knows the day or the hour, not even the sun, so I know that. I just know it's soon. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting challenge, I feel. Um, because we have what it looked like when Christ came the first time and how he departed and he's supposed to come back the way he departed. Mm -hmm. So coming back on the clouds. Uh, we know how he lived here and what he did while he was here and that kind of stuff. So we can see, we'll be able to see those kinds of things. So we witnessed it before in the Bible, basically, not yeah. actually witnessed it. Yeah. But the challenge is, is that there's going to be others that do something similar mm. and lead people astray. And so we need to be very careful about that. Like, which is why I'm glad it's supposed to be super obvious when he shows up. <laughs> but then you have like some really insane weather phenomenons where like you get um, cloud rings or like, like um, there was a storm over in Israel a few years ago where there was a cloud ring and the wind was howling and it sounded like a trumpet. I would, I would like be wetting my pants. Mm, <laughs> yeah. This has got to be it. It's go time. And it's like, no, it's just a weather phenomenon. <laughs> but it's like... Well, that's another thing, though, with the whole 
trumpets and it being go time and all that stuff is like it really depends on how you look at revelation people interpret it a few different ways and like a lot of what revelation talks about i believe is already going on yeah so could there be trumpets to signal yeah this is just another we're still in those stages <laughs> i know but like there's a lot of stages it's like yeah. maybe it is like summer coming it's very gradual you have that weird 70 degree day in march <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah so and, and even even if like okay so okay there's a trumpet it's go time it's always go time we're always supposed to be prepared we're supposed to be there with our oil and everything yeah but like hallelujah we're done with this oh <laughs> let's move on well that's why we're just supposed to live day to day right when Mario starts playing the speed music and you get to the end and you're like, whew, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. If you don't actually, if it's not actually the end, you're like, yeah, I gotta keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've all covered 1 through 35, Jade Fire, what do you got for 1 through 35? For one, from 1 through 35? Yep. Um, I got that heaven, or from verse 35. <laughs> Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Um, like, uh, the earth will be destroyed with fire so that we can go to, like, the new heaven or the new earth. Or go to heaven. And then, actually, that's okay. So, heaven and earth will be destroyed. Yep. And then there will be, like, a, uh, some people think that there will be, like, a new earth and a new heaven. Mm-hmm. There will be, because he says so. A new, like, an actual new earth. Well, if it's new as in just refined or whatever, but it'll be new. It might be the same earth, but cleansed with fire. Because it was cleansed with water in the days of Noah, and it'll be cleansed with fire at the end. If you wash something with water, it looks clean. If you wash it with fire, the germs are killed, and it really is. Yeah, you reveal the things that last. Everything else burns up and whatever, so. Um, when it says a new heaven and a new earth, when it says heaven... Does it mean just, like, the space? That I actually have been wondering about, because it does say new heavens and new earth, and I started to think, well, so, like, God's realm of heaven, but that could remain, because heaven is used in multiple ways. They could they could just mean the new universe, basically, in a new earth. But I don't know. Yeah, there's, I think, three levels of heaven that they generally accepted in these times. And the one was, like, the sky with the clouds and the birds. And one was, like, outer space, essentially. And then there's where God dwells. So it's not exactly clear. But if God dwells... We don't really understand where God dwells in, like, that heaven, right? It could just be a, a, a... It could not be out in space like some people probably thought of it, right? It's more of in between space. It's another dimension. Here, and it's not here and it's everywhere so it's everywhere and therefore if everything else here is destroyed and if it's connected to that which it could be we really have no idea how it all works i mean it is connected to a degree um i could see that also being reshaped then along with everything else i don't think it really matters that much but just because if we never see the old heaven then the new heaven like any heavens new to us anyway (laughs) in that regard that heaven I had a question. So when the earth, like you're talking about, it's going to be cleansed with fire, is that like, is it Ephesians, last part six or something? Where we'll have our armor and our shields against the fiery arrows of basically Satan or whatever. (laughs) Will he 
essentially be the one destroying the earth and we'll just be protected with gods uh that's a weird question okay so first of all ephesians 6 is describing not literal armor not literal fiery darts um those are supposed to be representing his lies and his attacks and our shield of faith faith in god is what protects us it's not a literal shield right so nothing in there is like literal it's all it's all a description of like a, a metaphor right metaphor is that the right word sure sure but as far as your question about him being the one to destroy the earth on one hand, you could say, yes, he is responsible for the Earth's destruction because he started the sin problem. He started it. But at the same time, we also learn that everything that he does also like can get credited to God a lot of times. I know that sounds weird, but basically he allows it to happen, right? Because he has ultimate authority over everything. So his plan is for the world to get destroyed. Whether he's the one who goes and hits the button or it's Satan doesn't really matter. So Satan's the one who destroys the world, but we'll still be safe yep. since we have God's helmet of salvation yes. and belt of truth. It's the helmet of salvation that saves us. Yeah. Protects our head. I mean, the belt keeps your pants on, but the helmet protects your head. <laughs> I was just trying to see if I could name all of them. Sword of the Spirit. Oh, yeah. Shield of Faith. Yep. Breastplate of Righteousness. Yeah, there we go. Spirit. Fitted with the boots of the readiness of the gospel of peace. Is that all of them? Yes. Yeah, you knew most of them. Yep, you just... I forget the boots a lot, too. That's why I remembered it, like, how it's said in there just now. Wait, why do we need the belt? We don't have any pants. Mentions our boots are high. The idea is the belt oh. holds things together. So if you don't have the truth, you're gonna. it's all going to fall apart. I know, but it's just funny, because it mentions everything, but it doesn't say, like... And if you're trying to pull <laughs> so... your pants back up, you're not going to be able to hang on to your sword. <laughs> The loincloth of decency. <laughs> the loincloth of decency. <laughs> what do you mean, loin? What? What? That's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> now we'll move on to my second section of chapter 24, yeah, which is my last second. section of 24. Oh. Yeah, 24 is only two sections for me. First half and the second half. Alright, but I think Ruby's last note is coming right now, so we will start with her. Otherwise she feels bad and thinks she's always last. Live always ready. Yes. Live always ready for his appearing. Um, it's verse is six verses thirty-six to forty-four. What does God want my life to look like? To always be ready for the Lord and to live my life to the fullest by following him. Oh, the first thing you said was the title? Mm -hmm. it oh, it sounded like a note. Yeah. I know it was a title. You guys are weird. Thank you. Well, mine, mine is the day and hour unknown, so. <laughs> no one knows that day and hour. Oh, nice. Thank you, Ruby. Big mama. Mine is no one knows the day or hour. And when he talks about the thief coming when the owner of the house doesn't know, that um, reminds me that although the devil and his angels, like, they watch us and they know human behavior and they know personalities better than any personality test they are very watchful and smart for how to attack but one thing they don't know is when jesus is coming back so i think that's cool they uh, might be very smart but they don't know everything so yeah yeah that's true they don't and we have an ally who's smarter than they are yes which is also good and nice to know so i highlighted Verses 38 through 39 and 42 through 44. Uh, For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day of Noah, up to the day Noah entered the ark. 
and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So my note is, so we should not forget God, and we should continue to do the good work he has called us to do. Um, we should not get impatient or start to doubt that he will come, because he will come when we least expect him to, and we'd certainly hate being caught in the act of sin. So we should be living as righteously as we can always. <laughs> Another way to think about it, at least um, as kids, is, and God is our father, but like it's almost like living as if you're always being watched by your parents, because you never know if they have the camera in the living room on or not. <laughs> Or we might just come around the corner. Who knows? Yeah, when he says he's near standing at the door, is that... Well, for me, it's all... (laughs) If you're shouting or you hit your sibling and then you're like, I didn't do it. I was there watching you. Yep. Always watching, Wazowski. (laughs) I should have known that was coming. Monsters Incorporated. Oh, yeah. Monsters, Inc. That's funny. New Uncultured Swine. That's Toy Story. But like, I don't recall. That. Yeah, it, God'll just come at any given moment, and you guys will be walking into the room at any given moment. Yeah, in thirty-three it says he is near at the door, and it makes me think of oh, those moments okay. when Daddy or I are literally standing right around the threshold, listening and/or watching the entire interaction, and then we come around the corner, and the children know that if they were in the wrong, they aren't going to be able to talk themselves out of it. Yeah, I I can think of a handful of times for sure where I've been standing in the very room, but the one in the wrong has their back to me. Yep. It's always satisfying when I turn around. (laughs) (laughs) But Jesus is essentially doing the same thing. He is at the door. He is watching. So if you think you're justified, are you still going to think that when you turn around and see Jesus watching? You start to... Recalculate everything. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm probably wrong here. Somewhere I knew that, but I didn't want to. Um, okay, that, this reminds me of two things. One, the uh, I saw that sticker that we have on our mirror. Oh yeah, we have a sticker of Jesus that oh. says, I saw that. <laughs> He's leaning around the corner of the... Yeah, some people have a problem with that image just because it looks like, well, he's just waiting to catch you in the act and wants to catch you in the act, which isn't really what he's doing. He just, he does see everything. He literally saw that. Yeah, he saw it. (laughs) And then two, uh, me and Persia were, or me and Rosella were both in the wrong at one point, and uh, the old man was behind me, and we were talking, and uh, Rosella just goes quiet dead silent and i'm like why why are you oh no um hi (laughs) well also reminds me of the time when we made a huge mess of dog food um this is probably when we were younger but us three oldest what was it today Uh, then of course you were younger (laughs) um like back when they were kids. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, I'm still a kid. Okay, we you were all like are. That's the joke. As opposed to the other two. <laughs> we were like five, six, seven or something. Okay, you um, made a mess with the dog food. Yes. And then I had to go use the bathroom while we were cleaning it up. And I come back. 
and we have this island that has a little stick out and they were sitting on the other side of the island we have a pantry and they were eating Hershey bars and I walk around and I see them doing it and they both just look at me with chocolate all over their faces <laughs> oh man they got in trouble for um, stealing chocolate alright what do you have for this section Jade Fire I have um to always be ready and I just gotta want your life to look like to always be so don't get caught with your pants down or eating Hershey bars. <laughs> That's or eating being caught with your pants down. Or eating strawberries. What does that mean? Being caught with your... What are you doing with your pants down? Don't be sinning. Don't be caught in your sin. Always be ready for him. Don't have your pants down. That's what I meant. I usually sin with my pants on. <laughs> I'm pretty Do sure that's a weird thing. I don't know about that one. Rosella, your turn. No one knows that day and hour. You should always be prepared for Jesus. Yep. I see how my heading was like that. So don't get caught with your pants down. Stop it! <laughs> Alright, so Ruby's done, exhausted her notes. Alright, Big Mama, what do you got? What's your next section? Uh, my next section is Faithful Service to Christ, and it talks about not being caught, like doing wrong things when <laughs> Jesus comes, you know? And a lot of people take that to be like, and I did too for years, like, you better be doing what's right the second that Jesus is coming, you know? Sure. But as parents, we can easily tell who has been faithful in their assignments when we come back, whether they're actively doing them when we get there or mm, not. Yes. So having that um, faithful and wise life, it... It's not that, oh, now I have a chance to pull my pants down. <laughs> it's like, live a faithful and wise life knowing that you are abiding with Christ. And it doesn't matter if you're playing Dr. Mario when he comes back. You know, like, sure. if you're abiding with Christ in your daily life, you don't have to be this hyper-vigilant, anxious person. That's not abiding with God. Yeah. So, well, I think the regular play of Dr. Mario is probably sinful anyway, because you're... Um, try you're pushing the pharmaceutical agenda, which is like you just not don't trusting like in Christ. I poop on you all just... the time. <laughs> well, I hate being pooped on. <laughs> no, Dr. Mario is great. <clears throat> is that like, your note? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that's the end of chapter twenty-four for most of us. Um, so we will move on to chapter twenty-five. The parable of the ten virgins is my first section, which goes one through thirteen. The parable of the ten virgins. And where does that end? It starts in one and goes to thirteen. Beautiful. Same. Big mama? Same for you? Uh, to thirteen. Cool. So my note comes from 2510. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Oh, we are. We didn't even get to the oil stuff yet. I kept referencing it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we should be ready and watching for Jesus. Turn to him and trust him before it is too late. I know this is pretty much what we've been saying for a couple of these sections, but I mean, this is what he really seems to be trying to push. <laughs> Make sure you're not following the wrong people and be ready for him. Maybe there's one person out there who really needed us to talk about that. Or maybe today. one of us needed to hear it a lot too. I don't know. Or maybe all of us. No, I think it's just you. You're the worst around. You're the worst. I appreciate that. All right, Jade Fire, what do you got? Um, I have that, like, to always be ready like i don't know what else to pull from here just to be ready okay are you do you have your pants down or up <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
You need to get a t-shirt. You have an answer? Yes, I have an answer, and no, I'm not ready. <laughs> You're not ready? Why aren't you ready? I don't really have a good answer for that. It's just... That well, do you know what you need to do to be ready? Probably read the Bible a bit more than I have. Probably read it more than once a day. What do people in general need to be ready? To have fully repent and repre- repent for everything that you... I think this is a more important ingredient, but that is part of it. I think our faith in Jesus brings us to repentance. But what's the way to the kingdom? Go ahead, Rizal. Through Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ and accepting him and that his sacrifice for our sins and that we needed that sacrifice. Yes. Yes. So that's all you really need to be ready. Now, if you don't want to get led astray so that that isn't true and things like that, you should be in your Bible so you know when false teachings are showing up so that you are ready. (laughs) Because they might tell you to put your pants down. <laughs> Alright. Rosella, what's your note? For the parable of the ten virgins. Yeah. The five were prepared so they could go. Go where? Well, in the story, they were able to go in and celebrate the best. And the other... Oh, oh, a wedding. A That's wedding. why there's a bridegroom. I forgot. Um, but... It's a parable, so it's basically saying that those who are prepared can go into the kingdom of heaven. You better know. Yes, good. That's that's the actual, yeah. That wasn't to celebrate somebody getting married or whatever. No. So keep your pants up. So you better not be going potty when Jesus gets here. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think, our lesson. I, I think that should probably be our application for the week, really. Oh, Don't yeah, go potty my, when Jesus that's my, gets here. <laughs> Big mama. I had a question. The answer um, is no. It says the wise one answered, well, okay, let me back up. Verse 7. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The wise ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us in you. But, like, everything in the Bible says be generous and share, and if you have some, put away. So that's kind of odd. So I'm assuming it's to do with the parable. But, like, Paul said that he would rather give up his salvation to another than, uh, like, he wants Israel to be saved, and he would even sacrifice his own soul in order for that to be a thing. Does he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, so that's just weird that the wise ones answer that, and, and that's from wisdom, presumably, considering they're called the wise ones in that exact sentence. So how does that apply... In the parable, is that just like you can't give your salvation away to someone else? So, you know. That was something I was going to say. Or is it like when people are foolish, there is a point where you can't really help them? Or helping them is detrimental to yourself? I don't know. It was just an interesting thing being a person who helps to death, uh, seeing that there is a point when help is not always wise. Yeah. Um, I definitely. I think it's a big part is just for the parable itself, right? Like you can't get, you can't just get that salvation and they are not going to compromise their own salvation for people who aren't actually like, cause you can't, you can't do that. It's, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. So like, even if Paul did say that, I don't know where, and I, I'm not saying I disbelieve you. I just, I don't know where that part is, but, um, I'm sure he was also aware, like, like when he says I would, but he can't, he can't even do that because it's impossible. People have to, it's a personal choice thing. You have to accept Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my biggest thing there. Um, but I think there's also another possible lesson you can get from there, whether they this specifically means it or not. But we are supposed to... We are given areas that we have um, 
control over or authority over or responsibility over. I think that's the better word, responsibility over. And, like, it starts with our own responsibility and our relationship with Christ. And then, like, we might have other responsibilities God has given us, not necessarily with their relationship with Christ, but just what we are to take care of and help with. But we also don't make the seeds grow and all that stuff, right? We can plant them and stuff, but that's as far as we can go. Um, And so they were taking care of the things that they were supposed to take care of. They were not responsible for taking care of these other people. And, and if they stretched themselves that thin, then they would be in trouble as well. Kind of like the, like, try to keep your brother from sin, but don't sin yourself. Yeah, something like that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's in Romans 9, uh, starting in verse 1. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies to me through the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I would wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers mm. and sisters, my own flesh and blood. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promise. Yeah, okay. So. I, I see it. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I think anytime I've read those words, I've been focused on other aspects of that chapter and yeah. Romans in general. Well, that I know I, we just discussed the 9-1. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I never quite see the severity of what he's actually claiming there. Yeah. But you're right. It's there. <laughs> it's pretty intense. <laughs> it is. Not that, not that I didn't realize that Paul was an intense dude, but... <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we got everybody on the that one. So Jade Fire... The next section, the parable of the bags of gold from 14 through 30. Yep, I just read that. It's um, In mine, it's called the parable of the talents. Mm, yep. Um, In my NIV version, I learned that one talent is worth, or one talent is basically a thousand dollars. Interesting. Um, like as a footnote. Um, yep. And so, um... I mainly get mine from when the master returns, and ah, uh, and he says like, "You good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with me." When I just a sec, just a sec. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master, of your master. Verse twenty one. Um, well, what I'm reading right now is from verse 23. Oh, yeah. He repeats it in 23. You're right. But I bet it... I just asked because my highlight is 21. (laughs) I was just... Oh, my highlight is from both. Yeah. Um, and uh, he... Ah, and so, like, we need to be faithful with God when he gives us little. Unlike the servant who received one talent, he just buried and then un- and then d- dug it back out and gave it back to his master and then he had an excuse didn't he i know you're a hard man yeah blah 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 but we should just do what we're told to do i think it's really interesting how the way that he perceives god is how god treats him mm, yeah really and it's even are you talking about hold me? pretty true no, no in the bible the master is god Oh, okay, okay. And there is nothing or in it's, here it's in place of God, about so. him being harsh or reaping where he hasn't sown. Like nothing of what he's of what the guy says in twenty four proves itself true anywhere in the story, because he's not harsh and reaping where he hasn't sown with the other two. Yeah. And so this guy comes up with these things, and then he gets a hard response. Indeed, Rosella, what do you have for this section? Um, the parable of the talents. Yep. What I wrote is uh, the one who hid his t- the one who hid his is is like us when we hide from God. The one hid the oh, talent is gotcha. like us hiding from God. 
Yeah, because he was kind of hiding from his punishment, or trying to, because he claims he was a hard man, right? Big Mama, what do you got? Um, I have that the one who received two talents and invested it is good, is as honored as the one who received five and invested them. Um, so it's not necessarily, you can't base your honor or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the right word is there. But God will honor you based off of what you receive. So if you're looking at your life and you're like, well, I've only produced two talents and that person over there has produced five talents. Maybe that's because... God only gave you two talents, and he's not going to hold you to the same standard as that person that you're looking at who's produced five. Um, very much like it says in Romans, I think, how it talks about how those apart from the law will be judged apart from the law, like those without all the talents will be judged accordingly as well. Yep. <laughs> he recognizes your estate and takes that into consideration on his judgment of you. So it really doesn't make sense to compare yourself in any way to other people because it's all based off of what God has given you that you're able to accomplish. And as long as you're faithful with whatever you've been given, that's yeah. all he asks. He does not ask you to produce the same amount as all the people around you. He asks you to be faithful with what you have been given. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, I took mine from the well-done, good, faithful servant. God blessed us with many gifts, the greatest being our salvation. We should be using those gifts to bless others, therefore increasing the blessing. Mm, use your unrighteous wealth. Well, I don't even mean just the wealth, though. Like, even our salvation, it increases when we also show that to others and help them to recognize God's mm. grace and gospel message and all that. So. Okay. so, yeah, everything we've been blessed with can be used to help others and therefore increase. Um... Alright, so now we are on the sheep and goats, verses 31 through the end for me. Rosella, what is your note and what is your heading? The final judgment. Ah, the final judgment. The final judgment. Rocky, I'm assuming? No, not Rocky. I wrote, those on his right were ready for him, but those on his left were not ready. Okay. And the final judgment is your final section, yes? Yes. All right. Final, final. Big Mama, what do you got? Um, so in our, this talks a lot about people being thirsty or without food or drink or clothes, um, needing care while they're in prison, that sort of stuff. And that's not super prevalent in our culture, but there are needy people mostly out of, um, spiritual or emotional or relational need. And so it helps me when people are mean or don't care that they're mean <laughs> or unrepentant or whatever you want to call it. Um, people have hurt us that and don't even seem to recognize it, to recognize their need in that moment and know that your kindness and forgiveness and generosity of spirit to them is really a kindness and generosity of spirit to God himself, um, especially if they're Christians as well. Yeah. Maybe especially. I don't know. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it helps to uh, kind of shift the paradigm of them being an enemy to them being of something and being able to give that to them but ultimately be giving okay gives it a little bit more purpose which yeah. makes it a little less definitely so yeah having some purpose yeah being purposeless can be painful all in itself let alone increase pain yeah um mine comes from verse 40 the king will reply truly i tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. And I just noticed that this seems like the second great commandment at work, mm. doing for others, which then also fulfills the greatest commandment as well. 
because yep. then you are also a loving god, which the king was representing that. Of, so quite along the same line. So yeah, I just like how the the two great like there's a reason why one is the greatest and the other is the second greatest because the second greatest is an act of fulfilling the first greatest <laughs> still. Yeah. Um, Jadefire. Uh. The final judgment, thirty-one to the end. Yep. Um, my my uh, note is to be the sheep, which and the sheep are the ones who are uh following Jesus, believes in Jesus, and that He died for our sins, and just solicit and loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. All right. All right. So. I think me and Jadefire have two more sections. Did you want to chime in on those, or did you want to hold off? I can stay with Rosella. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. So, uh, my two sections are in chapter 26. We have the plot against Jesus, which is 1 through 5, and Jesus anointed at, anointed at Bethany, 6 through 13. Easy. All right. So, the plot against Jesus. Do you want to start this one, or should I? Um, I could start. Start. Let me just find my note quick, which is pretty easy. Alrighty. My note. The plot to kill Jesus, Matthew uh, 26, 1 through 5. Uh, what can you learn about God? Um, that he is smart and knows people's thought process. Yep. Well, he is yeah, ultimate wisdom and knowledge. So, Alright. Mine comes from 26, 3 through 5. So, a little over half the section. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the place or the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. So the secrecy especially, but also the concern of rioting, should have suggested to the chief priests that perhaps their decisions might not be good ones. Like, that's your conscience at work, you know what I mean? Uh, if they're unwilling to actually engage in debate with others about who Jesus is, which they weren't since they continue to be shown their errors, then they should be willing to accept that there is truth in Jesus' words. Like, the very fact that they couldn't stand up to debate, which is why they stopped doing it, should show them some truth there, but they refuse to see it, and the fact that they chose not to argue with people about it anymore because they didn't want to lose those debates should also show that maybe they're wrong. People do that still today, and many many different places <laughs> politics and religion and all that stuff i would say especially given their um general personalities or uh life choices like um because like i personally i just don't like to debate i don't like to be in a conversation with someone who's like i'm right and you're wrong and i'm going to drill you into the ground to show you that i'm right i'm like sure that's cool i'm out <laughs> yes i have no interest in that but I don't think that Jesus was coming at it with that personality, obviously. And also, they lived to debate and pick apart and define. And yeah, I mean, that stuff. was their whole role as Pharisees, yes. is to discuss the law over to death, pretty much. Yes. Um, and we also read in the Bible, they could not answer him. Like, it was not yeah. because he was belligerent to just, like, the pigeon on the chessboard or anything like that. They just couldn't stand up to the debate or the arguments because he was yes. he kept pointing out the flaws. Well, they're or bringing light to them. I maybe just don't want people to them. think like, oh, well, I don't like to debate my faith, so maybe my faith is wrong. Sure, you know? and that that's good. That's solid. Yeah. So, but there are definitely people that avoid such things because they know that they don't know 
fully they don't fully understand what they think they believe or choose to believe yeah um which should also maybe they're not wrong but that should at least encourage them to maybe seek the truth, seek the truth and know what they believe yeah um but yeah, you're right. There are people that just don't want to debate, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't want to be in an argument all the time, because we're, as Christians, we're not supposed to be debating over every little thing either, right? Yeah. They were told not to. <laughs> yep, exactly. So yeah, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, then Jesus anointed at Bethany. And I keep saying anointed instead of anointed. I keep missing that in. <laughs> I have a couple of words that I really struggle with. Apparently that's one of them. Matthew motorcycle is another one. I usually say motorcycle. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> anyway, um, my highlight comes from verses 8 and 9. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Um, this concern seems possibly disingenuous. But even still, they found themselves provided for time and again when they didn't have food, money, fit for, t you know, money for taxes. Um, and all this stuff is temporary. How often do we keep things for later only to lose them or for them to break or go bad? You know, like the fine china you only have for a special occasion you never have or something. You know what I mean? Yep. And then eventually gets broken anyway for some reason. Or you have some food that you like so much, so you save it, and then it goes bad, so you never get to enjoy it. Or someone else eats it. Or someone else eats it, yes, that happens. Are you pointing that at a direct someone? Or... No, I'm just saying in general. I don't save anything for special things anymore, because they'll be broken or eaten. Yep, except your except, except your china. Are you kidding me? We use that. Have you seen how pathetically beat up my china set is? <laughs> yeah, we use it a lot. Maybe not. On Sabbath We don't use it stuff? like in common. Yeah, which is once a week. Most people use China never. <laughs> and if they do... The teapot's completely shattered and gone. Yeah. The sugar bowl is missing both its handles. The teacups, at least half of them are mishandles. Like... <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, things are temporary. We shouldn't be all, you know, annoyed by perfume that could have been sold at a high price and money given to the poor. Um, especially since I think at least, I don't know if it's this gospel or one of the other ones, it seems to lead directly into Judas being like, all right, mm -hmm. I'm off to go betray Jesus now. Yep. That's exactly verse 14. Then one of the 12. Yeah. yeah. Which is my next section, but that's for next week. Um, Jadefire, what do you got for this last one here? Uh, Jesus anointed at Bethany, Matthew 26, 6 through 13. What can you learn about God? That he knows why people do what they do. Yes. Yes, he does. He knows exactly what they're doing. Because he also, yeah, he knew that what she had done was a beautiful thing and the reasoning for it and everything. Because, once again, he was talking about how he's going to die. And still nobody wanted to believe it. <laughs> um, which just might also be part of the reason Judas betrayed Jesus. It's like, if he keeps talking about dying, I don't think I can follow this guy anymore. Because the Messiah, the, the, he shouldn't die. Like, he hasn't fit, fulfilled his goal yet. Interesting, because it sounds like, like I've seen the <clears throat> fictional plot line where he's trying to force Jesus' hand, right? Like, oh, betray him, then I'll get paid, and it'll force Jesus to actually, like, stand up. Oh, sure. And I could see that being very likely in the way that he, um, in, like has such remorse over Jesus being beaten and betrayed. and it, Like, he does not seem to see that coming at all. That's a good point. So. That's interesting. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, his motivations, I guess, we'll never know fully. But yeah, he definitely has a lot of remorse. And he obviously did not trust in Jesus and God's timing. 
and trust that they could do what they say they're going to do. Or even trust in his forgiveness for himself. Cause... That too. Yeah, he obviously was too distant from the truth of the whole situation that he still, yeah, did what he did. Both things. The suicide and the um, betrayal. Yeah. But we can talk more about that next week. All right. Application time. I've got my stuff ready. Go ahead. Um, are we doing last week's? Sure. Um, so last week's application was to do everything with a humble attitude. Okay, how's that going for you? I don't know. Over the last few weeks. Have you seen anything? Because I don't know. Uh, I just know for sure very, very recently there was somebody else who wasn't being very humble about being quote-unquote right and then shown that it wasn't quote-unquote right and you doing the exact same thing. Then. I was doing it in like a joking way because I knew it came across, the person wasn't looking. I, I understand, but it came off as prideful and mocking. <laughs> so you need to watch that. Even if that's not what your intention was. But that's the only thing I think of right now, so. Okay, an application for this week. Um, to rem- Well, it's comes from when I talked about a parable of the fig tree, that God has all power and he will never lose that power. Because um, he was talking about how his the sky will fade away before a single word of his loses power. Okay, yeah. And my application is to remember that God has all power and he is in charge and I don't need to worry. Like, I don't need to be like, but what about that? What about that? Yeah. He knows everything. He's got all power. Uh, he knows exactly how everything's going to turn out and tells us to trust him and that'll be fine. <laughs> so we should just trust him and know that it'll be fine. Yeah, that's a mantra of mine in especially difficult times is that God's in control of everything and he loves me more than anything. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that being very helpful in a lot of situations. Rosillo, what was yours last week? To be better at keeping up on reading my Bible. Hey, same as last week. No, wait, you're doing last week. That is what she's talking about. It's okay. (laughs) And how's that been going? I think you lost your way partway into Christmas break, because Christmas break started before you had to finish those last few weekend chapters, right? So the week of Christmas break, you had to read starting Monday. You read Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you didn't read until, I think, after Christmas. Because I made you finish your reading before you could play any more VR goggles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's why I know. But she has been quoting her verses every day. That's true. You've been great at your quoting your verses. And how did your reading of the Bible been going so far this week? I've been like, nobody has had to remind me to read it. That's good. That's very good. So you did really pretty well last time. You just missed the weekend, which is the harder part for everyone, it seems. And you did... You've been doing good this week, so that's great. What about you, Jade Fire? Uh, what was my application last time? Tone and temper. Definitely still need to work on that. Uh, what's your application this week? To continue. Makes sense. I've been very bad. Yeah, I need to get much better. Let's tackle it. Alright, um, what was mine last week? Uh, continue focusing on addressing where people are at and not getting caught up in it. And heart attitude about reading the Bible and not feeling anxious and stressed about a to-do. It was going good over the break. <laughs> And then the break was over. <laughs> and it's all coming back. And I'm like, ah! Um, so yeah, I still got to work on that some. But I also... Shoot, I had one for this week. Oh, just the mentality of, like, saving things and keeping things, right? Like, I'm pr- I've am i gotten better about it ever since just being in this marriage, I think. Um, and especially with children. But, like I, like, I grew up in a way where I at least... I believe that I needed to keep things safe and 
you know, undamaged and all that stuff. And so then not always being able to enjoy them as I got older and stuff too, because I was keeping it for some other thing or keeping a favorite dish or meal or food. And then, you know, they get eaten, as you've said. So I've, I've learned to just, you know, enjoy the day, right? That's what we're, we're, we're supposed to live day to day, right? Not necessarily like there's supposed to be some planning. Sure. But not a lot necessarily. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this. Or that. If the Lord is. Yeah. Yeah. Lord willing, God willing, there it yep. is. Yes. I was quoting James, I believe. Yeah, I yeah, know. I just are saying, are saying, God willing. Yep, exactly. All right. Yeah. So that's mine. Just more God willing and more just living in the day and enjoying the things that I have and not being so worried about them because they're also going to be destroyed eventually, one way or another. Yep. Possibly by me, but I try. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Um, my application was gratitude and joy, which I feel like really explains why I've been so in much a better mood. <laughs> like we were talking about um, how usually January is a really rough month for me emotionally, and mm. I've been doing really, really well. Like, I, you wouldn't even know it's winter You're based pumping on my mood. vitamin D. I am, I but know, I do I that every year. I like, know, I know. Some years I'm taking twice as much as I'm taking right now. <clears throat> You're not on steroids again, are you? I'm not. <laughs> I even lost my steroid cream, so there's not even that. But, um, yeah, so I would say that that's probably going pretty well. Well, that's good. I want to keep that going pretty well. And also, just my application on life in general right now is trying to do daily Bible reading as opposed to large chunks twice a week or whatever um, to catch up on things. And I've been doing pretty good with that recently. Um, It's just difficult for me to get through an entire chapter in one sitting because I get interrupted a lot. Yep. So trying to get through a chapter a day would be great, but I'm not quite there. At least you're hearing a lot of verses a lot at times. Oh, my stars. (laughs) As you have the kids quote to you all the time. Yep. She's getting some new ones. Um, well, today, when I was doing verses with Big Mama, um, I kept getting upset whenever I got it wrong and I had to read it over by myself. So, like, just try and work on that, accepting that I will get things wrong sometimes and I have to figure it out and I won't always get help because you're not always here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's okay to get things wrong sometimes. You're good. And... It's the idea that we should be learning from those mistakes, right? So we're like, oh, yeah, I got those wrong. That's fine. Now I will work on them and get better. Yeah, and you might not always have help from other people, but you will always have what you need to do everything God has for you. All right. And I think it's Rosella's turn to close us out in prayer. Yay! I think so. I I hope so. I think so. Thank you, God, for this day. Help us have a wonderful time tomorrow. Help Oana go well tonight. And help us have safe travels. And help us all with our applications. Amen. 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 Alludes to someone being caught going to the bathroom. I mean, if you're in the bathroom, why is someone popping? (laughs) 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 This is... I do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Your skull has not changed in 12 years. (laughs) 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 See, even the best of us can actually skip a section. You hear that? He thinks you're the best. Around! I'm amazing. (laughs) 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 You're that old? What? He was around before self, or like for, is, before smartphones. There's no dots around. over there. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh.
pants. <laughs> I guarantee you a lot of people sin with their pants down. Wait, what? What? <laughs> oh, when they're drunk? Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what happens in Ohio. I realized 